and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. You have come to the right place. Wherever you are looking, you have come to the right place. And if you are returning, then welcome back. I hope you're doing well. I'm super excited to share this conversation with you today with Erin Panzarella. So Erin is a space holder for women on a spiritual healing journey. Her work focuses on connecting people to their natural state of flow, intuition, and spirit guides through different modalities, including the Akashic Records, human design, energy healing, and more. Over the last 10 years, she has been on an active mission to step into her power through uncovering tools and shedding the masks that are not her truth while helping others do the same. So I met Erin because she was one of the women who went on the Experience Magic Retreat that was held in December in 2021 in Puerto Rico, hosted by my good friend Britt Olson. And Erin was one of the women on that retreat, and I thought her energy was so beautiful. And during that retreat, she channeled the Akashic Records for us several times. And each time the messages that came through were so perfect for every single person in the group and just so resonant with everyone in the group. And I was lucky enough to have my own Akashic Records reading with her back in January, February. And it was at a time in my life where I was really, um, it was right before I had just moved into this new apartment and I didn't know if I was going to be staying in Michigan or leaving and going to travel some more or what I was going to be doing. And so I was really feeling in this like state of influx, this state of liminal space, this state of indecision and confusion and not knowing what the best next step for me was. And so having my reading with Aaron really helped ground me into the moment and really just helped affirm those things that I had already been feeling deep inside of me, but hadn't really given myself permission to feel until I had my reading with Aaron. And she really just channeled these beautiful, beautiful messages for me. She actually said that my soul was like, she had this vision And she talks about in this podcast too, how she gets visions and different things, um, the different ways that she channels. But I remember she told me that she had this vision that my soul was like this cosmic being who was floating through like cosmic oceans. And just that visual that she gave me has really stuck with me. And whenever I feel lost or confused on my path now, Uh, which is often because we're human beings and I kind of connect back to that that image that she gave me and it just makes me feel totally cosmic totally badass so in this conversation we talk about her healing journey and what it's looked like in her healing journey the last 10 years and the different modalities that she's been using we talk about of course the Akashic Records what it is and what it isn't and how she learned to channel the Akashic Records what it feels like to channel the Akashic Records we talk about how the Akashic Records can point to your soul's gift in this lifetime which brought us on a really interesting conversation about purpose and 
how our purpose might not be what we think it is. So stay tuned for that because I found that to be a really gold nugget in this conversation. We also talk about toxic positivity and the real talk, the real behind the scenes of what it takes to have a spiritual business. I think we see a lot in the world that narrative of quit your nine to five and start a spiritual business or quit a nine to five and live your soul's purpose. And so we talk a little bit about that in this conversation, just exploring really what that is, what that is saying and how to really trust yourself and your intuition and your path above all else, which is really what all of this life is about, which is what connecting to the Akashic Records is about, um, and really what we're trying to explore, not only in this podcast, but in this journey of life. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. This, again, feels like a conversation with a friend, a conversation with a soul sister. So without further ado, let's welcome Erin Panzarella. Well, hello, Erin. Thank you so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast. I'll start with the first question that I ask everyone when they come on, and that's what is currently fueling your creative soul? I knew this question was coming and I kept kind of saying, like, what should I answer? And then I was like, I'm just going to drop in and see what comes through. Connection is definitely fueling my creative soul right now. Um, I feel like just connecting with others, connecting with myself is helping me be inspired. And that inspiration is bringing this new creativity and creation through. I think sometimes in this creative space, I kind of get lost in forcing myself to do something a certain way. But when I connect with people and when I speak with people and when we're just having a heart to heart, so much beauty comes through that. And then it sparks creativity for me. It sparks creation for me. And I'm definitely noticing that that's coming up a lot lately as I allow myself to connect, just to connect instead of forcing something to come through. Mm, I love that answer. Cause I feel like, I mean, even just before we started this conversation, you led this opening Akashic prayer, which really just dropped me into my heart space. And it's like, I feel like when you're operating from that heart space, then all the creative blocks or those limiting beliefs or like all the mind chatter can't really touch you from the heart space. Because when you're just flowing from the heart space, it's like you are kind of in that true creative flow, which I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it like that, but that's really beautiful of like us being in our heart gets us in the creative flow and us being in our heart is that connection piece. So I'm so glad you brought that in, into the space. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a journey for me to really get there because I kind of used to think that I needed to, you know, set time aside to create and set time aside to just let things come through. And I felt really blocked lately trying to do that, especially with having my own business and creating in connection to the business, I started to kind of force myself and pressure myself to create because there was kind of an agenda behind it. Like, oh, this is tied to my business and this is tied to if I get money. And there was a lot of ties to it. And it, I was feeling creatively blocked from it. So there's been so much unraveling of what I think I need to do in terms of creativity, especially with the business that I've just been seeing, noticing, and really working through. So now I'm just trying to see how I can connect and let the creativity flow through that. 
Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something I wonder a lot. And I, I do want to hear more about like your journey because I know you just quit your job to dive into your full-time um, business and you just quit your full-time job and kind of like how that space does create kind of a pressure, especially now when what you produce is tied to your income. And it's like, how do we move through that. But I, you know, I'm, I love that you're finding that connection is something that opens that up for you. Yeah, for sure. I was having a really hard time with it at first. Like I am still very new in doing this full time for myself. And at first I was like, oh, I have to operate exactly as they did in my nine to five, sit at the desk, be here nine to five, or else I'm not going to make money. And I was really struggling with that, struggling with this idea that I needed to do things in a certain way. And I was really blocked coming up in that space. I was really blocked because the whole reason why I got out of the nine to five space was it did not resonate with my soul. And I just couldn't do what I came here to do in my previous role. And I just knew it was time through so much reflection and years and years of healing, but I was really having a hard time thinking like, oh, now every like Instagram post that I do is like needs to be with a call to action for people to come to my business. Mm -hmm. And there was so much disconnect and I felt really, really pressured. And I felt like I was forcing myself to do certain things in a certain way. Cause that's what you should do. That's what you have to do to be successful. And as soon as I started to realize I was operating on what I have to do, I was like, this is the exact same reason of why I was working my nine to five, because I thought I had to do that. So it's kind of that reminder of wherever you go, there you are. And even if you're doing something that's in alignment, you can show up in an unaligned way. So I've really just been unraveling what it means to have a soul-led business and not force myself to show up in a way that's inauthentic to me, but also to show up still because there is a business aspect to it. And it's really this line that I've been walking and it's still very new for me. And I think I'm definitely understanding it more and I'm seeing what unfolds from me letting go of the pressure of needing to have everything all figured out. Mm, Yeah. I'm so glad I'm like catching you in this space because I think it's such a magical like liminal space where you've left the old and like you've entered the new but I think it is really hard for us especially when we're stepping up and and aligning with our soul's purpose and what our soul came here to do it's like if we've been operating in one way for so long or kind of thinking about work in in one way for so long it's not like you can just flip the switch and now, you know, you're doing things in news ways. It's like, there is that time where it's really uncomfortable and where, where you do find that growth. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think about, I mean, that's like a healing journey in and of itself. And so will you take us through like your journey? Cause I love hearing about people's paths on this podcast. So will you give us a little bit of background of like what you do when you started doing it. Um, and I know you've been, you've done a lot of healing as well. Will you kind of take us through that journey? Of course. I think it's so important to share our stories because there's so much there. And while I'm trying to not identify with it so much, I think that there is so much beauty in our story and it is a part of who we are. So I love sharing it. So starting from the very beginning, I'm adopted and my first dad from being adopted, he passed away 11 days before my fifth birthday. 
And my mom always told me it was kind of like a switch went off. So I went from very, very happy to completely angry at the world, deep in grief. And this is before my fifth birthday. So you have no idea what's going on. So I operated from this very grief written place for so much of my life because I didn't know how to heal. No one was showing me how to heal. I saw people who were unhealed. No one's perfect. So we're raised by an imperfect person, imperfect society. So I struggled really, really hard. I struggled with being authentic. I used to lie all the time because I was afraid to speak my truth. I didn't think it was safe. And I really just operated from this place of, I was not safe being who I was and bad things happened to me. So I navigated with this huge victim mentality, which is so understandable. Something very devastating happened to me. So I didn't really know how to get out of my own way. And it came to a point in my very early adulthood. I went to college my freshman year and I had a horrible experience where I was completely cast out by an entire group of women my age and being 18, that was really devastating. It was really just me getting confirmed that I did not belong with other people. And I had felt like I didn't belong my whole life because no one really understood my grief. And I was just struggling with all these existential crises at a very young age. And when I had that horrible experience of college, I went back home. I just was transitioning. So I went to a community college in the area And I started to become more open to spiritual ideas because it was something that my mom had been doing for a decent chunk of my life. She has been a Reiki master before a lot of people in the West knew what Reiki was. So the influence was there, but I was very rejecting of it because it was something my mom was doing. I also saw her own shadows. So I kind of was like, doesn't really seem like it's working (laughs) because I would see, you know, the negative aspects of her, but I also know that she has a lot that she's been through. So it's really interesting that I started to open up because I became so desperate to find a different way of operating. After that horrible experience in college, I fell into a heavy Adderall addiction. And that was this need to be perfect, this need to operate in a world and Adderall helped me do that very well, but it also helped me cling to eating disorders and it helped me cling to other addictions like nicotine, caffeine, just really, really operating in this addictive space. Mm -hmm. And then I got very sick. My body just kind of, I think, shut down. I had like a mini stroke when I was 21 because of all this stimulants I was taking and the spiritual stuff started to really hit me. I started to read a lot more books and then I started to see where I was being very hypocritical or where I was being inauthentic in my life. And for the first time, it started to kind of eat away at me. I started to feel guilt for that inauthenticity and realizing that I didn't want to show up in that way anymore. And if I continue to show up in that way, I probably wouldn't be here for very long. And it really was just kind of the seed being planted. My mom got me a numerology report and I always have like a special place in my heart for numerology, because it really opened me up to realizing that there is a connection between everything because reading this report, there was just things in it. I can't remember exactly the details, but they were so specific. And it was kind of this permission to be myself because I saw this report saying like, 
these were the years you're going to have a really hard time. And it just kind of felt like being seen by something. And I was like, how could this report know this? There must be a connection there. And just since that, which was, I think, 10 years ago, I started to just consume self-improvement books, self-healing modalities, and really just letting myself be led on this journey and becoming more open to seeing different connections and just really being curious to life, which I think has been the biggest catalyst to my healing. Because before all of this, I was very sure that my life was going to be miserable. I was going to follow a certain path and I wouldn't like it. I was very sure of all of that. And now I'm not sure of anything, which is beautiful because it opens up to unlimited possibilities. Mm. Mm, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I like, I know you, but I didn't know your story and it reminds me, yeah, just how important our stories are. And I think I really connected with, with the caveat that you mentioned at the beginning that, you know, identifying with our stories and, you know, you kind of honoring and acknowledging the journey that you've been on and all of the pain that you've experienced, but also I like, you know, being so sure. And now suddenly, you know, or not suddenly, but now being so unsure of anything, which I feel like is the, the human path. Like that is the spiritual path because, we can't be sure of anything. We don't know what this next moment will look like. We can only know what this moment is. And I'm like, I think as I'm kind of starting to unravel a bit of my pain and, ex- and trauma that I've experienced throughout my life. And, and I, I'm, I've been on this like interesting journey in the past year where I wasn't even aware of things that I, you know, was repressing. Like I was like, Oh, I'm good. You know, life has been great. And then when, you know, you really stop and, and sit still with yourself and you're faced with all of these things that come up, it's like, Oh my, it's it's like, I wasn't even aware of like this whole box that had to open like Pandora's box type of thing. And it's, and I guess my question for you is, like, where are you at in that journey now? Especially as you said, you know, you don't want to identify with your story anymore. Like kind of how, where are you at with that now? So it's really funny because even before you asked this question and I was thinking about it because there are times where I do kind of get really stuck in it. I was doing shadow work before I knew it was called shadow work. And a lot of it was extremely triggering. And even when I do shadow work now, there's a lot of triggers there. And my dad who has been in my life since I was six, he passed away in 2019, six days before my birthday. So May is a very complicated month for me. I still get stuck in that grief. And I think that's just part of the human process. Of course, you're going to identify with the hardship in your life. And I think that allowing myself to identify with it has also been really huge because these are really big parts of what happened to you. But as I navigate this ever-evolving healing journey, I also realized that there's a lot of things that I identify with that hold me back. Mm. And I do have a choice on whether or not I want to let them hold me back or not. And you can only choose when you're aware of something. So I think that doing this healing work is so important because it helps you become aware. Mm. Every single person has limiting beliefs. Every single person has traumas in their life and they might not necessarily big be huge traumas um, that are something that you can pinpoint immediately, but we all have a way in our life that our needs 
weren't met, our needs weren't met. And that is a trauma. It means that you have not been able, you have not been given the tools that you need to heal in a certain way. And I think it's really important to remember that even on this healing journey, we're still going to have traumatizing events and we're going to be really triggered at times and to give yourself a lot of grace through it, but also not get so stuck in it. Mm -hmm. I also noticed I was kind of getting obsessed with shadow work. And then I was kind of navigating with this like gloom cloud over my head too. So it's all about balance. How can you do both the shadow work and the light work? How can you heal and let yourself feel those emotions, but not being so obsessed with them or not making them stay longer because you're trying to process all of them all the time. So there's so much balance here. And it's something that I really know is a forever journey because I've been doing this for 10 years and every day there's a new revelation that comes through, or there's something that I see that I help people work with their victim mentality, but I also identify as a victim a lot of the time. And just recognizing that that's part of the human experience as well has been so important for me. Wow. Yeah. First of all, like you saying that you can't choose unless you're aware of something. And I think that is a lot of what the healing journey is about. It's not, and I think we can kind of get tripped up and I know I've, I've experienced this of like, oh, well, okay. Now I have all these things to heal. So I guess now I just have to heal them all. And like, I just have to process everything, but it's like, no, you, you can't like, that's part of being human. It's part of the journey. And like you said, there's going to be other things that happen. And I heard a couple of days ago, I heard someone say like, as part of the Buddhist philosophy that, you know, life is suffering. And the more that, which like, to me, I, I feel such a resistance when I even say that, because I think I've been brought up with this, like, almost a toxic positivity outlook of just like, life is amazing. Life is all these things. But in reality, life, life is suffering. And the more that we just accept that and become aware of that, that is like where the magic lies on the other side of that. When, when we embrace it and accept it rather than trying to push it away or pretending like it doesn't exist. So I just, yeah, that, that made me think of that as well. Yeah. I think that even just the mention of toxic positive positivity is so key as well, because in the beginning of my spiritual journey, I was very much into toxic positivity. Like I think a lot of the materials available at that time were from these beautiful ascended masters that really did not get into the human experience a lot. So I would kind of listen to them and I would forget about the humanness. I would forget about the purpose of why we came here, which is to experience it all to really have this dual experience. And I forgot about that. And I was kind of shoving down all of the past experiences, all the pain, even dealing with my dad's illness, you know, I kind of brushed it off, shoved it down. And even if you do that, it's always going to be there. It's going to be even deeper and deeper. And then you have to do the healing work in different levels because you shoved it down so deeply. So now it's really important for me to recognize when something's coming through that it's something that I want to work through as soon as I can, giving myself grace and allowing myself to experience joy and life and not being so obsessed with the healing that I'm not experiencing life. But it's really important for me to be able to recognize it. And I think that the healing journey and just continuing on it is helping me really recognize a lot of things instead of pushing them down or getting like so surprised by it coming up all the time. 
Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful distinction. I'm curious, I know you mentioned like numerology kind of opened up this doorway for you of really being seen and kind of finding, you know, starting that path of spiritual awakening. I'm curious, like what other supports have you found really helped you throughout this healing journey throughout this spiritual awakening? Yeah, there has been so many Reiki and energy healing has been a huge support for me. And it's something that I kind of put it in my back pocket sometimes and I don't use it all the time, but I've been really focusing on it more because we are such energetic beings. And I find that energy does become stuck or stagnant. So I really have been working through a lot of things and helping on an energetic level, as opposed to just like, you know, a mental level, which is huge. It's really important to bring your healing into the energy of your body instead of just processing it with the mind. Cause we can get really, really stuck in the mind and all the loops there. I also have connected to the Akashic records, which is such an amazing tool that I have been offering for people use for myself a lot. And I I'm absolutely obsessed and in a rabbit hole of human design right now, which I think is kind of a branch off of the numerology permission to be human design is really just allowing me to see what best way I can be in my natural state of flow. And every time I find out about something in human design, I'm like, oh my God, yes. (laughs) Thank you for giving me this kind of permission that I didn't need, but still want to be exactly as I'm supposed to be. And it really helps you recognize the different conditionings. And it's just so powerful in how exact it is. So I just find that such a great tool and something really tangible too. I think that sometimes the energetic tools, they're not as tangible as a system like human design or numerology or astrology. So it's really cool to kind of see little concrete information, but I do also love the mystical as well. So I am also being trained in hypnotherapy and breath work. I'm a collector of tools and just seeing where they work in what situation. And that's the way that I thrive. And sometimes I overload myself, but most of the time I can handle it. And I just love learning about everything and really just seeing where it works for me, where it works for other people and fine tuning and never doing the same thing twice, really just integrating them together, seeing like if I do breath work one day, I do meditation another and really mixing and matching and seeing what works because I don't think it's a one size fits all. I don't think our practices need to be the same exact thing all the time. I usually get bored with that being a manifesting generator in human design. So (laughs) I think it's really beautiful that there are all these tools available and I use Oracle cards. I channel, there's a lot of things that I can do on a different basis. Mm, Yeah. I feel like a lot of us kind of in this space, like are kind of like collector. I resonate with that because it's, it's nice to have all these different tools and like one thing might work for you at a certain time of your life, but then another thing might really speak with you. Like I was also kind of going down the human design rabbit hole like last year, but now I've gotten really into the gene keys, which I think oh yeah translates to human design too. I think they're somehow connected. Yeah, it does. There um, is a correlation. Yeah. So that's, it's just been cool. Like again, just like new perspective, new insight, but I would love to hear more about the Akashic records. Cause I know that's mainly what you do. You channel with the Akashic records. I had a reading with you that was fantastic. Like it was at a time that I really needed it. And it just felt so supportive, so 
just affirming. It's like, you know, some of those things that, you know, but like when someone else can just see you and I didn't even have to tell you anything. It's like that feeling again, is like feeling so held, so supported, so affirmed. So for people maybe who are listening, who have never even heard of the Akashic records, how would you describe it to someone who's never heard of it before? Yeah. The Akashic Records are an infinite library of the past, present, and future, and it spans all timelines, all realms. I love the Akashic Records because it's really a container for channeling. I was introduced to it two and a half years ago, I believe, or maybe even three years ago, and I just resonated with it so strongly with the woman who did the reading for me. And it was kind of like you're saying, where it was everything that I knew but I needed someone else to tell me it. Yeah. And it is about being seen. And I think that some people don't hold their Akashic records sessions like that. I know that people have very different Akashic record readings. And I think that everyone brings their own energy into the space. And I found as I connect to the Akashic records more, people have different gifts. So my gift is actually seeing other people's gifts. I just, that's something that's coming through a lot. So I love diving into the Akashic records because it's really helping other people validate themselves and really seeing like, oh, I am gifted in that. And it's such a gift for me to be able to give those people permission to be themselves because so often we're convinced that a lot of our gifts are curses or they're not correct. And I think it's really beautiful that the Akashic records, especially when I channel them, it's just showing people what their gifts are. And a lot of the times too, past lives come through and you can see just different threads of where the gifts came from in past lives or different lessons that came through in past lives and maybe why there's some energy lingering. And it's really beautiful because if we bring it up in the Akashic records, then you become become aware of it. And that's something you can work through as well. Then you become aware of it and we can move the energy. Akashic records are this beautiful space of energetic movement. So even just bringing it to the forefront, bringing it into the conscious does a lot of healing in itself. Mm -hmm. And it's such a deep level. I think that it is this beautiful energetic space. And I only channel the Akashic records now because channeling in different ways was very draining for my body. I was getting very sick every time I did a channeling. When I started my business, it wasn't the Akashic records. I wasn't even trained in it. And every session I had would like put me out for like two days. It was just, yeah, very taxing on the body. And some people are meant to channel just freely. And as I come to know it now, the Akashic records kind of are existent in every type of channeling, but the way that we channel is different. So I intentionally open up the space and I intentionally close it. And the way that I channel with the Akashic records, it just really is this container where things are flowing through me, but it's not like messing with my energy field. And in other ways, when I was channeling, it just felt like it was really messing up my energetic system. So it's really been a beautiful tool for me because it allows me to work with a lot more people, allows me to hold space for people in a beautiful way and really validate them in the sessions. A lot of people also think that the Akashic Records is kind of like future telling, similar to psychic readings. And I don't think that is true at all. I think they're very different where the Akashic Records sees all timelines. So it can see just different decisions that you make in the timelines of the different decisions. And it's never going to give you an exact answer. 
Mm. which I think is so important because we all have free will. So if I'm here doing a reading for you, I'm not going to give you an exact answer because then I'm going to skew your ability to decide for yourself. And you came here as a human to decide your life, to have that free will. So I think it's really important to know when you have an Akashic record reading, this is not designed to skew your own free will. It's not designed to make a decision for you, but it is designed to help you see more clearly. Mm, that's such an important distinction. Cause I feel like there is that natural, I mean, I, I find it in myself, this like natural kind of ability of like, well, I just want to know all the answers. Like, well, will you just tell me what to do? Will you just tell me, you know, everything I'm confused about? Will you just tell me it's like, we, we want to give our power away and like have someone tell us, but that's not how it works. You know, it's like, we have to, we can have information presented to us, but I think that is a really important distinction of like, it just makes it clearer so that you can then make the best decision for yourself that you already know, you know, it's like your intuition already knows that, but that's so interesting too, what you said about the fact that you were channeling. So you were not channeling the Akashic records and, and your body was really feeling that toll. Do you know why that is, is just because of the different energy that was, that you were moving? Yeah. So it was a very different energy. And as I come to understand, I don't really understand everything about it, to be honest. Um, But when I was channeling directly, I was getting bombarded by the energy of the entities that I was channeling. Hmm. So even when I was channeling, I was actually channeling people on the other side a lot more than I do in the Akashic records. I rarely channel anyone from the other side in the Akashic records. And I've come to find that there are people who are meant to channel people from the other side, people who have passed on. Um, That is part of their gift and part of their purpose. And part of me kind of wanted to force that. Part of me wanted to kind of validate my own abilities by saying like, oh, I channel people from the other side and give them really specific details about certain things. And when I was channeling, people from the other side were coming through, but I don't think I'm meant to do that. Mm. And it really was something that I was feeling their energy so intensely. I remember someone's dad had come through in the reading and he was such a strong protective energy that I honestly felt like he was trying to even protect her from me, just even being the channel there. Mm. And I was knocked out for like four days, which was not normal. I did get knocked out for a day or two, but this was like a very long and I felt sick and there was just a lot of things going on. And I think it was kind of a lesson for me to see what was a good fit for me and what wasn't. It wasn't wrong that I was doing it, but it just was showing me that this does not feel aligned. This doesn't feel good. And also like, maybe that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And now I just notice in the Akashic records, when I channel them, people from the other side really don't come through that frequently. Occasionally I'll have something if it's meant to be shared, but that's not not really my gift. And that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. There's other people who can do that, which is beautiful. And I think it's really about how can I lean into what I'm meant to do instead of forcing it to come a certain way. Mm, Yeah. That's such a powerful lesson. Cause I mean, I think when we, when we talk about energy and channeling, it's like, it's so, because it's that unseen world, it's like, there's just, there's so much unknown to us. And I think I, I think I get a little like scared or like hesitant of like, right. We don't know what those, what those beings are, if they're benevolent beings, like if they're, or maybe it's just too intense. And I think, especially for us, like really sensitive people, you know, those things just affect us on a deeper level. And so 
I think it's really beautiful that you are able to kind of discern that of like, well, this is actually not the space that I need to be in. Like I can channel my energy for lack of a better word, like into something else. And you've mentioned, this is coming up too, about the Akashic record, being able to see people's gifts and kind of honing in on your gift. What, ex- what are some examples of that gift? Is it like clairaudience, clairvoyance, that kind of thing, or something totally different? Yeah. So there's, I've seen a lot of different ones and I didn't really understand it at first when it was coming through, but then I started to notice in different readings, different people were like saying like, oh, she's meant to connect to other people's highest selves. That's actually a really keen gift for her. And then I had someone who's actually really meant to connect with animals. And that's something that she has a really strong connection with. And that's a power of hers. And then someone else is actually supposed to channel in the Akashic records. Like connecting to the Akashic records is really easy for them. And it's something that's a really good container for them. And then I've also been connected with people who are supposed to connect with others on the other side. And there's just been like, 15 plus readings I've done where I'm noticing that it's showing, oh, this is their gift and this is what they're supposed to be doing in their own way. They don't have to have a business about it. It's just how can they really work it into their life in a beautiful way. And it's really beautiful to see because everyone is like, I knew that that was a gift of mine. Or everyone's like, that makes so much sense. And again, it's kind of that permission to step into your gifts and being seen in your highest light is such a beautiful experience, I think, for both who's me and the person who's receiving the reading. And I just absolutely love being able to validate others because we all know our gifts. It's just, we forget sometimes. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Like I have this big smile on my face now because it makes me think of I think we live in a culture where we are so like purpose obsessed of like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And, you know, these are things that I deal with all the time. But recently I was thinking about how, like thinking about our purpose, because I think we think that our purpose is like related to a job or like related to how we spend our time or all of these things when like our purpose, like thinking about what our purpose is, is such a distraction because it keeps us from actually living our purpose. And our purpose is like, I mean, well, anything it's like, you know, what your innate, you, you kind of have that natural inclination towards your innate gifts, things that are just come naturally and easily and flow, you know, to you. And then we have, you know, our purpose. And it's like, it's kind of, I, I guess I identified in the last couple of months. Cause I was so like obsessed with thinking about like, well, I have to figure out my purpose. And what is that one thing that I'm supposed to be doing with my life? But it's like, there is no answer to that. Like my purpose is here now. Like my purpose is this moment with you. Like that is my purpose. And I think that's, so that just made me think of that whole thing too. Cause I think like when you're talking about gifts and purpose, it's like, right. How do the two connect? And is, is, how do you then channel your gifts into your purpose? But it's like, if your gift is to connect with people, you know, you can do that with your family. You can do that with your friends. You can, you can do that to the person, the random stranger on the street. Like you can, you can live your gift and your purpose in every moment of every day. A thousand percent. Yes. Our purpose is living. Mm. That is just so, so key. And something that I've been understanding in such a different level more than ever before, because I did quit my nine to five job to quote unquote, live my purpose, Mm. but I needed to live my purpose before I quit my job. 
Mm. I needed to understand that my purpose is not tied to a job. And that is really hard these days, especially with social media and people being like influencers. Then the spiritual space, it's very just convincing that in order to be living in your purpose, you have to have like the most soul aligned job. And thinking that the most soul aligned job is like a spiritual business. And I'm like, there's no way that we can all have a spiritual business. Like, I mean, a spiritual business can be an accounting business. Yeah. A spiritual yeah. business can be so many different things. And I think that we become obsessed, like you're saying, like obsessed with being purpose driven. And we forget that living is our purpose and we cannot be living in our purpose if we're obsessed with figuring out what our purpose is. Mm, yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I love that. Cause I also think, cause I, this is something I've struggled with recently because I was in a nine to five job in 2020 and then 2021, I wasn't. And I thought that I was gonna, I was like in that space where kind of maybe similarly where you are, but I was in a little diff, a bit of a different space where I was like, okay, great. Now I can dedicate, you know, all my time to my passion and to my business and launching it. And instead what happened is like, I just needed to live. I was like, I haven't actually taken time to live. Like I actually don't want to work right now. I need to just like hang out with people and, and do my own practices for me and not tied to anything. And now this year I started my nine to five job back again in January. And I've really been struggling with it because it's this feeling of, I know this is not what I'm meant to do. I know this is not what my soul is meant to do. But the struggle comes from kind of seeing people on social media of like, well, I, you know, I'm not quitting my job and, and living my soul aligned business and all that stuff. It's like all that, all those messaging that we hear when it's like, well, I have a different purpose right now. Like I'm really in this healing space right now and I need something to support me while I'm doing that. And that's what I'm doing. But it really gets my mind tricked up, tripped up in these stories of like, but am I living my purpose? And so for you, because you have just quit your job and you kind of are coming to these realizations, like, where do you feel with that now? And kind of how do you see that evolving forward? If you can even see that evolving forward. Yeah. So for the past five years, every time I had a reading, I was like, when am I going to quit my job to do the spiritual business? And every single, every single reading was like, you're going to know when you're going to know. Keep doing what you're doing. The time's not right. And I kept saying that. And I was like, what is the deal? Like, what do you mean the time's not, the time's not right? But I wasn't ready because I really wasn't fully integrated in my purpose prior to quitting my nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that this was something I need to do in order to be living my purpose. And if you lead in that way, you're just going to be lost when you quit your job. It's just not going to be in alignment. So I, which is totally how started, I, felt. I felt so lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kept asking. And then I realized that like, well, I'm not really doing the soul aligned business. So I was like, why don't I start that before I quit my job? So maybe we'll have something lined up and I let go. I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this until I feel like it's right. So I did my business along with working a full-time. I had a part-time, I had the podcast. So I was doing a lot of things and I was happy doing it. I just felt really in alignment and knowing that 
this was what was right for me. I was very integrated in the decisions of what I was doing. And I was just moving along and doing the work and showing up constantly. And I think that previously I was so obsessed with figuring it out that I wasn't showing up. It was all in the mind space instead of the integrated within my body, within, you know, just, I was not integrated with it. And I finally became so aware of it when I was in a business coaching container while I was working my nine to five. And she was like, why don't you just quit your job? And her saying that was kind of like this permission, like, oh, that is an option, but I'm not going to do that right now. But I just kind of knew that, oh, that is actually an option. I have my business. It's fine. And I said, I'm going to do it when it feels right. And then I did connect with the Akashic Records and I got a message that it's going to be time. They told me exactly when to do it. I actually ended up doing it the week before the Akashic Records told me to do it, which I want to kind of come back to. And I have never felt more integrated with the decision, but I gave two months notice with my job. I didn't rush it. It was six months of knowing that that's what I was going to do. And I really just continued on the path and knew that this is what was in alignment for me. And I think it's really easy to think that the solution is to quit your job and go do it. And you're going to have all the success. And that's not the way it works. Businesses are actually really hard. And most people aren't meant to have their own business. It's actually a lot less stress to work a nine to five. A lot of the time to you have set hours and there's a lot of things that are in place. And I think that we've kind of glamorized having a business in the society when it's not really a very simple thing at all. Like I have a degree in accounting, so I know how to run a business. There's a lot of things that I know that a lot of people forget a lot of people don't even look into it and I think it's just so much muddied water with the spiritual space right now and it's really interesting but I know that you do not need to have a job that is quote unquote a spiritual business in order to be living your purpose and that is something I'm more sure of every single day even though I did quit my job to have my soul full aligned business even just saying before I felt all this pressure to operate exactly as I did in my nine to five space. And I was feeling like, this is a huge healing journey and it's not easy. And I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the times. And I feel like that can be really, really hard. And I think that a lot of people will think that it's easy to have your own business. It's easy to do this spiritual business. And it's really not. There's so much things that you need to do that this is something I used to do for fun. And now it's like, oh, this is something that's tied to my financial well-being. And there's a lot of hardship in that. I think that people become dispassionate about what they loved once before when it's suddenly tied to what they have to do in some regards. And it's just really amazing for me because I do know this is my path, but it's just really interesting because I thought things were going to be solved. I was like, oh, when I have my when I quit my nine to five, I'm going to wake up, meditate every morning. I'm going to write every morning. I'm going to set my schedule. And I literally have had less spiritual practices now than I did before I quit my nine to five job. So it's really interesting just to see that in some ways I'm less spiritual now than I was when I was working my nine to five and doing all those things. So it's really just very fascinating to observe. And just one other point is I want to make sure that people understand that you, the human are the one who's leading your life, not the spiritual guides. And even when I connect to the Akashic records, I'm like, oh, what they say isn't you know, the be all end all. And I think it's really important to remember. So that was just a little caveat because they told me to quit on a certain day. And if I listened to that, which I almost did, um, 
it would have been a disaster because the day that they told me to quit or led me to quit, some a huge disaster had happened and everyone was in the worst mood ever. It was such a horrible day. And the week before, like my resignation went beautifully. I received so much support. It was such a beautiful distinction in energy. And I just felt really, really grounded and so supported and in, in the decision. And if I had listened to the specific date, it would have been completely different. Mm, wow. That's fascinating. I feel like it kind of brings me back to that, like intuition piece. And it makes me think, I guess what in your words, like what are the difference between the the ascended masters or who is giving the messages in the Akashic record versus like God, how do they connect in your understanding? Yeah. I love that question because it's something that I'll never understand. (laughs) It's really, it's really, I know it's really fun to contemplate though. God is everything. And I think that that's just the only thing that I can say with God is it is all one. And with the ascended masters, I do think that there's kind of a distinction, even though we are all one. And I I truly believe that, but God is just the overall encompassing energy. And with the ascended masters, like everyone kind of has their own like personality. It's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Even when I connect, I get different personalities and there's just a lot of distinction within the energy. When I do feel like when I'm connecting with God, it's just kind of a oneness instead of a distinct Mm -hmm. And God is a lot more of a knowing that I have within myself. And when I'm connecting to the masters, it's kind of like a message that I'm receiving. So I just think that's a beautiful contemplation to have because I have no idea what the difference is and who knows, (laughs) we'll never really truly know, but that's how I come to experience it for sure. Yeah. It makes me think of like a different flavor, just like, you know, we're all different people. We all have different personalities. And that kind of brings me to, I've just been curious, like, you mentioned reading for yourself. And I wonder how is the experience reading for yourself and connecting for yourself versus a client? And like, how does that work? Yeah. So it actually is very different when I connect with myself. A lot of the times it comes through the form of writing, which mm-hmm. is not typical in sessions. I'm actually rarely write down anything in sessions, even though that is a practice that a lot of people do have when they're doing Akashic Records readings. Um, But I write all the time when I'm channeling for myself. And when I'm channeling for myself, I hear a lot of things, but when I'm channeling for others, I see visions more. Mm. So it's just interesting in the way that it does look differently. And I think that the reason is, is visuals are really easy for me to see what the message is. So when I'm connecting for someone else, um, seeing the vision is very, very clear for me, Mm. but when I'm connecting with myself, I don't really need to see a vision because I kind of know it. You know, I think that it's just so integrated in my energy that I don't need to see a vision in order to understand what the message is. But when I'm working with someone else's energy, I need to see it in order to decipher what's going on. So it's a lot more visual when I connect for someone else than it is when I'm connecting with myself. I also just think that the like movement of the hand, it just helps me channel a lot easier when I'm doing it for myself. I don't know necessarily why, but it, that just is the way it is. But it's, it's very fascinating because these are things you didn't learn in your trainings. And yeah. it's just really interesting to see how it unfolds as they continue to connect with other people. Cause I really had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to come through. I wasn't seeing visions prior to opening up the Akashic records in the way I do now. 
So it's really, really fascinating to see like what unfolds and what gifts present themselves and how it's very different to connect for someone else and how everyone else's energy is so different. So even when I connect um, a high energy person, I will feel very, very high energy, even sometimes anxious. I can feel if someone is anxious about it. And it's very fascinating when I'm speaking to someone who's more grounded and more calm, my language is quieter. So it's really fascinating to see how different energies impact me in the way that I communicate the messages as well. Mm, wow. Yeah. It, it makes me think just that it's like, this work is so experiential and so specific to the person. So it's like, you kind of have to experience it and then allow it to unfold as it's meant to, because you're going to experience different things with different people. And it makes me think too, of like, if people, cause I mean, I, I have like, I've read Linda Howe's Akashic Records book. And I, Mm -hmm. there was a period of time, I think in the summer of 2020, where I was attempt, I I was connecting to the Akashic Records, just like in meditations, but I don't know if I ever like fully like got the flavor of it. And then I kind of just stopped and haven't really connected ever since. But for people who are maybe interested in connecting with the Akashic records or kind of honing that like spiritual gift of being able to channel, being able to connect those higher realms. Like where would you even start with something like that? So I actually have a free meditation that people can use to connect to the Akashic records. So I'll definitely provide that. That was kind of the first way that I was connecting initially before my training, I was doing guided meditations of bringing me into the Akashic records And I think a lot of people can think that it needs to be visual or you need to hear things, but sometimes it's just a thought that comes through. That is a message in itself, especially in those meditations. So I think to not judge yourself if you're not doing it in the way that you perceive you should be is really huge because even in the beginning, a lot of things that were just coming through were kind of thoughts that I was kind of putting off. I'm like, oh, that can't really be true or that's not real. And now, as I've connected more and more, I'm like, oh, those initial thoughts that came through were actually really true. And those were really big connections. And I just didn't recognize them as that. So I think it's really important to not judge yourself when you're, especially when you're first doing it, because it is kind of out there. It is kind of different than what we're not trained to connect in that way most of the time. So it's really just about letting yourself have fun, not pressuring yourself to hear certain messages in a certain way. And I think that meditation is such a big part of my ability to connect because it is allowing yourself to quiet the mind in small moments, letting space come, even though there's thoughts that are going to come through in meditation and to not judge yourself. Most of my meditations are me thinking the entire time. And I really want people to understand that because a lot of people think, oh, I can't meditate because all I do is think. And I'm like, that's meditation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, is, that is meditation. There, if there's a sliver of space, even if there's no sliver of space, you're still meditating if you're showing up in silence. And my constant meditation practice was how I initially channeled. Just showing up every single day, having that consistent practice was what led me into my biggest moment of my life. Also connecting with nature huge. I channeled for the first time in nature. So really just getting out into the elements, there's such a connection point there that I think is so key. And it's something that I am guilty of not doing that much. And I feel the disconnection when I'm not outside. I feel the Mm -hmm. disconnection when I'm not 
moving myself in the outdoors, there's a huge difference. So I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it because I'm definitely not. And that's another key takeaway. We're all human. Don't judge yourself if you're not showing up all the time. And just knowing that a lot of people who are posting about them showing up, they're not doing it all the time. So (laughs) please don't think that they are. No one's perfect. And really just giving yourself a lot of grace and knowing that it's something to be playful and fun and to stop pressuring yourself throughout the whole process. Cause that was key for me. I used to pressure myself a lot. And when I let that go so much beauty unfolded from that. Yeah. I, I think I'm really sitting with like, I think we think that like, Oh, well, if you're channeling or whatever, like just we're expecting this like big moment or this big thing or this big revelation. And maybe it happens like that for some people, but I know in my, it's like, I I can kind of think back to like just certain intuitive hits that I've had or knowings. It's like, yeah, you could interpret that as channeling. Like it doesn't have to be this like, okay, now, you know, now I'm like really doing it. It's like, you're probably already doing it in these really subtle ways. And I think probably part of the process is like tuning into those subtleties because maybe it's not going to be this like big overpowering thing, at, at least for me. And maybe it's different for other people. It's different for everyone. Yeah. I kind of want to just tell a short little story because that is so true. The other day I had the thought, it was a thought it was from me and it said, I am easy to love. Mm. And that was my own thought. And I thought that was more powerful than any spiritual message, any Mm. guidance I had gotten from outside because Mm. it's really easy for a guide to tell you that you are easy to love. And We think that those are the big messages. Those are the huge experiences, these beautiful beings from beyond coming and putting these beautiful messages into your realm. I honestly do not think those are the big things. I think the biggest thing is the healing that you're doing with yourself and what comes up out of that, because that's how you live your life. The thoughts that you tell yourself is how you show up. So I took that experience as the most profound part of my healing journey so far was I had a thought that I am easy to love over being an open channel over connecting to the Akashic records. That was the most powerful experience I've had to date. And I think it's really important to remember that. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. That's so, 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 so beautiful. I like mm, that just feels so good. Thank you, Erin. And as we're wrapping up, I would love to hear if there's any resources or things that are inspiring you right now, especially as you're kind of in this new space. I know you mentioned your meditation, which we'll definitely put in the show notes, but is there any like, yeah, things that you're really connecting with right now or a resource that really helped you along this journey or anything like that? Oh, there's so many things. Like I said, I go through a lot of rabbit holes. So even just getting like a free human design chart, I think is really important. And I think utilizing all the free tools that are available is so huge. So key, even having a podcast like this to listen to. I think that a lot of the times we think that we need to invest like tons of money in order to really shift, but I only started investing myself within like the last two years. And prior to that, most of the things I was doing was free resources and that is huge. So I think it's really important to, again, not think that you need to spend so much money to heal. So I think that finding whatever resource works for you, I think YouTube has a lot of great 
connection points for even like guided meditations, human design. Like I said, you can look up tons of information for free. And also if you have any questions about that, you can also contact me. I love to like help people understand what their human design chart is like. So if you just want some like free information, I can definitely help you with that. I am reading right now, The Big Magic um, by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I'm really loving it. I think it's just kind of like a fun little remembrance of the connection between energy. And I think it's really, really cool. And yeah, I just think that it's really important that we utilize whatever free resources like podcast and whatever videos are available. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Big. I like you connecting big magic to just the energetic perspective. Cause that's what it is. But I feel like it's like sneaky. Like people don't, when people maybe approach big magic, maybe that's not what they're expecting, but that's totally what it is. And where can people find you and what, what do you have available? Can they book a reading with you? Give us all of that information. Yeah. So I'm most active on my Instagram at Erin Panzarella, which is such a fun, creative journey for me too. Like I just love creating art with messages and my own intuition. So it's really just fun. And I'm trying to remember that instead of doing so much pressure around the business on it. You can also book a mini reading with me, which is just 30 minutes to get a taste of what the Akashic records or energy healing or karma clearing are like, or I have a full hour session for that as well. And then I also have a coaching container that helps people connect to the Akashic records themselves. And we do weekly one-to-one calls, which is available for one month, three months, or six months. Oh, cool. So it's like, yeah, people are listening and something sparks within them that maybe they are meant to read the Akashic records. That's a really cool resource. Well, thank you so much, Erin. This has been so wonderful. And I'm just so grateful for you coming on and yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, this is beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.